everyone, and welcome to the New Way to Live podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Moore, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Today, I want to talk to you about knowing God, knowing our Father, knowing who He is, and how He feels about us. The reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because so many times I'll be in a conversation about God with somebody, and they make it seem like God can't be known. Like, He's so mysterious or far off or can't be understood in his will or his ways. And I think that this is a pattern of wrong believing that can impact a lot of areas in our lives. You know, I remember one time a pastor, I think it was our current pastor, asked a question about how I believed God felt towards me. And the word that popped into my head was indifferent. Indifferent. I really hadn't given this much thought before, so my first response really shocked me, and I think it revealed um, what I was truly thinking about God. And as that word rolled around in my brain, I knew at my core that it was wrong, but on some level, I was believing that God didn't care one way or the other about me, not caring about the minuscule details of my life, and I was imagining a hands-off God. In this moment, though, I began to recognize the lie that I was believing. And I praise the Lord for bringing this out into the open for me because it's affected a lot of areas of my life. God is our Father, and viewing Him as indifferent couldn't be further from the truth. So I want you to take a moment just to imagine the perfect earthly father. You may have had an actual father come to your mind, maybe your own dad, maybe not. Maybe you didn't have a good dad, and you don't have a good example of a good father. So if you do, or if you don't, I still want you to imagine, based on your own experiences, what qualities the perfect father has. As I thought about this question, I wrote down some qualities that popped into my head. Good, loving, kind, patient, trustworthy, holds my best interests at heart, faithful, wants to be with me, a provider, a protector, my biggest fan. And this isn't an all-encompassing list, but it's a start. We often talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, we might start with, Dear Heavenly Father, or Father, or something similar. My question to you is this. While you might know that God is your Father, have you taken that literally? Do you actually view God as your Father, as your Dad? It's important to consider what we think about God. The Bible describes this father-child relationship in numerous places, and we're going to go into some of that scripture today. In Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So first, verse 14 calls those that are led by the Spirit of God children of God. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit and are a child of God. And then in verse 15, It says that being led by the Spirit doesn't enslave us to him or make us fear him, but instead this adoptive relationship is addressed. 
This verse tells us that we were adopted into God's family. It says sonship specifically, but it's applicable to women as well. The term son was referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. This is the book of Romans, so we know that that was important here. So if you see sonship or things about sons and you're a woman, you can take that for you as well. You're not excluded. The latter half of verse 15 says, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. When we cry out to the Lord, we are calling out to our Father. Abba is Aramaic for Father, and so they're saying Father, Father. But it's a dear term, like calling your dad, Daddy. In Ephesians 1, 4-5, through 5, the Bible says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will. In verse 4, Paul tells us that God chose us before the creation of the world to be holy, to be set apart, and to be without blame in his sight, to be right with him, in right standing, or righteous. Just think about that. Before God even created the world, he thought of you, of each of you. You should take that personally. He chose you personally. Not an idea of you, but you. He chose you to be different, to be set apart. And in his sight, you're without blame because you've chosen Jesus. And then in verse 5, it starts with the words, in love. Because of his great love for you, he predestined you for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ because it pleased him and because he wanted to. This verse doesn't mean that some people are predestined to heaven and some are predestined to go to hell. It's God's will that none of us should perish, that we would all choose Jesus, and we all have that choice. We all have that free will to say yes to Jesus. God wants us to all be adopted into his family because of his great love. We've seen this theme of adoption a couple times now, and it appears many more times in the Bible. So what about adoption is so significant? So I did a little research. I, um, I'm not an expert in adoption, but I did a little thinking and a little research on adoption. So before someone is adopted, they don't have a permanent home. They don't have anyone who has stepped forward to make a lifelong commitment to bring them into their family and provide for them. And when someone makes the decision to adopt, they're taking legal responsibility for another child that was not physically born to them. When someone's adopted, they now have a home, a family, legally being considered a child of those parents. You're given all the benefits of being a part of that family, including a safe place to call home, provisions for your basic needs and more, love, home, direction, how to act, safety, a seat at their table, and sometimes an inheritance. What is significant is that parents who adopt don't have to adopt that child. They choose to adopt that child. They choose to bring a child not born of them into their family and are committed to sticking with them through thick and thin. And this is the same with God. God didn't have to adopt us, but he chose to. He chose us and he did it out of his great love. He chose you to receive all the benefits, the inheritance of being in his family. He gave you an inheritance, making us co-heirs with Christ, it says. That means that whatever he's given Jesus, he's given us. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you were officially adopted, and God is now your Father, and He loves you. He cares for you. He provides for your every need. He makes His home in your heart, and one day you get to live with Him in heaven for the rest of eternity. 
And as a part of that adoptive relationship, God instills new values in you, giving you a new moral standard, just like a loving parent. God doesn't want you to live in any old way, but wants you to live right. He watches over you. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And you have a seat at his table. You have an inheritance. Now, I want you to go back to those qualities that you imagine in a perfect father. Who did you think of? What qualities did you think of? The reason I wanted you to think about this is because even if you thought of someone who was or is a perfect dad in your eyes, they aren't perfect because they're human. God is perfect. He's perfect in all of his ways. I don't even think that there are enough words in the English language to describe all of the qualities that make him a perfect dad. He does nothing aside from love. He loves you perfectly. And I want you to know that you have a father who loves you perfectly, that he cares about all the teeny tiniest details in your life and all the big details. He has the perfect plan for your life and has prepared those paths for you. He provides for you perfectly and can take care of you better than any earthly parent. I'm not knocking on your parents. I have great parents. I love my parents. They're wonderful. And I feel really blessed in that area, but they are not God. I want you to see God as your father, your personal father. I want you to know that you can come to him with anything. I mean anything. He knows it all anyway. But when we bring him all the things, even the deepest and the darkest, he can turn it all around. When you are in Christ, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that you've done, nothing that you've thought, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If you want to know what God is like, you need to look to Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of God. He radiates God's glory and sustains all things by his powerful word. John 1, 1-2 says, In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the word. You could read this verse like this. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. I don't know about you guys, but I was super surprised by this when somebody finally explained to me that they were talking about Jesus in this verse that John was. I thought Jesus, as the son, was created later. You know, like he was born later. Um, But John tells us that Jesus was always with God and that Jesus was God. So if you're just hearing this for the first time, don't feel bad. I didn't know either. I'm going to give you one more verse that points this out in Genesis 2. In Genesis 1, 26, God says, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all all the creatures that move along the ground. God is talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit here. He says, let us make man in our likeness. This was in the beginning. Jesus was there with God, was God, before the foundations of the earth were formed. Jesus is God in the flesh. That's why I'm pointing this out. If you want to know God, you need to look to Jesus. Jesus himself says so in John 14, 5 through 11. He was comforting his disciples, telling them that he was going to go, but that he would come back for them and that he's preparing a place for them. But Thomas just really wants to know where exactly Jesus is going and how he's going to get there. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answers, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So Jesus is saying here, first, that no one comes to the Father except through him. Jesus is the only way. And that if we really know him, we also know the Father, because Jesus is the exact representation of God. The exact representation. So the qualities that you see in Jesus in the Bible, God has those exact same qualities. The things that you see Jesus do in the Bible, God does those things too. The way you see Jesus treat people in the Bible, God treats people the same. Jesus is the exact representation. And what we see in him is that he's not indifferent to those that he meets. God is not indifferent to us. He cares about the tiniest details of your life, the big details too, everything in between. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says that he cares for the birds of the air who are far less valuable than we are. How much more will he care for us? He says not to worry about what you'll eat or drink or wear because he knows what you need. And when we seek his kingdom first, all those things will be added to us. He provides for us in both the big and the small things. He cares about those things. When you take time in the word, you begin to understand who God is. That he's a loving father. And as a loving father, that doesn't mean that he's just cool with you doing whatever you want to do. You know, as a parent, when my daughter does something wrong, it's my job to correct her. It's my job to make sure she does the right thing. That she grows up to be a mature adult. A contributing citizen. A loving person. A kind person. That she knows who she is in Christ. That's my job as a parent. And as our father, as our perfect father, as our good father, God has to do the same thing. When people say God is love, I think it gets misused sometimes that, you know, he's love, so he's just cool with anything because he loves everybody. And he is love. But sometimes love requires correction. And that correction is for your good. God wants you to be changed by a true relationship with him. And that change is a natural byproduct of an authentic relationship with him. That doesn't mean it won't ever require effort on your part. But his love makes you want to change. It makes you want to do things differently. It's so important that you understand who God is because it impacts other areas of your life. You know, for example, if you believe that God makes you sick, puts sickness on you to teach you a lesson, that impacts the level of freedom you walk in in this area. You know, as a parent, even the worst of parents wouldn't put sickness on their child to teach them something. And God doesn't either. He's a good father. He's our healer. In the Bible, Jesus healed everyone that, that needed it. Even, and he even dealt with some of those root issues at the same time. The only time that he doesn't heal is when he's in his hometown because of their unbelief. 
He healed multitudes of people, some not even recorded. He is the express image of God, the exact representation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he does not change. God doesn't change. He's the healer. He doesn't want you to be sick. It's not his will for you. So if that's what you're believing about God, that he puts sickness on you, that shapes the way that you view your father. It shapes what you believe about healing in this life. It shapes the way you live. What I want you to see is that if you don't know who God is, you might just fall for any lie the devil tries to sell you. You need to get in the word for yourself and find out who God is. It really helps me to remember that God is my good father. I have a wonderful dad, but God is perfect. He loves me perfectly. He delights in me. He forgives me. He corrects me when I need it. And it's always for my good. He protects me. He provides for me and he never leaves me. When we believe in Jesus, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing aside from you turning your back on God and denouncing him can separate you. God loves you. He accepts you where you are and endeavors to change your life radically. When you get in relationship with him, he'll change you and it will be awesome. It'll be so good. It'll be better than you could have asked or imagined. You'll bear good fruit. Today, I want to challenge you to find out more about who God is. When you read the Bible, I want you to think about those verses. I want you to think about what they say about his character and how they should change the way that you view God. I want you to remember that God is your father, that you've been adopted into his family, that you have an inheritance, that you have an awesome and amazing father who loves you. Your father created the universe. He put the stars into place. He told the sun to shine and the moon to rise, and he loves you. He chose you. You're special to him. You matter. You're chosen and dearly loved. Before we go, let's pray. Father, we love you. You are our Abba Father, our loving and good Father. We thank you for choosing to adopt us into your family. We thank you that because of your perfect sacrifice, Jesus, we get to live in the benefits and inheritance of your family. Lord, I ask that you wouldn't leave us like we came to this podcast today, but that you would work in our hearts and in our minds to help us to know and to understand who you are and how you love us. Lord, I want that revelation to change us from the inside out. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining me today, and I hope you'll tune into the next episode. Please subscribe to this podcast and don't miss out on the upcoming episodes. Thank you.